What's up, everyone? Here for another episode of Locked On Bucks on yesterday's show, which, by the way, you should go and check out. I talked about the history of the Bucks in the draft. So on today's show, Justin's here. So what position, if the Bucks use their first round pick, what position should they be looking at? Not necessarily names, but when you look at where the roster's at, where you project it may be moving forward, what position should they be drafting for? And then uh, a second question we have to ask, uh, how was John Horst here? The former executive of the year. Did he have a good year this year? We're going to get into that as well. So let's get started. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. I'm your host, Kane Pittman. You can see and hear me on the show Monday to Friday and also find my work over at ESPN. And alongside me is from the Bucks Radio Network is Justin Garcia, as I try and spit that out probably. Uh, but Justin's here, and we thank you for listening to the Locked On Bucks or watching Locked On Bucks and making it your first listen or watch of every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Uh, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. And before we get started, Justin, a little bit of housekeeping. We are going to do a mailbag. We haven't done a mailbag, honestly. Did we do a mid-season mailbag? I can't really remember. But anyway, every time we do the mailbags, I would say actually the off-season mailbags are the craziest because people have theories, they have thoughts, they have ideas of what the Bucks should do. So get your questions through either on youtube in the youtube's comment section and if you haven't been to youtube maybe that's a perfect time jump on throw a question in the mailbag hit subscribe while you're there uh and everyone will be happy you can get me on twitter at kane Pittman or frank uh who will be back with us very shortly is uh manning the gmail account locked on bucks at gmail.com so get your questions through there we'll uh really we'll just continue to roll through them i'm i'm betting we're gonna have enough questions to keep us going uh, for a long while justin because uh, you know, off-season content. This is when people go wild. This is what, this is what people love. Uh, we prefer if the Bucks were still playing basketball right now and we were preparing for the NBA Finals, but instead, uh, people can come up with their crazy, radical ideas, which is the fun part of the off-season. Yeah. Um, how, how, first of all, how much of the Game 7 did you watch? Did you watch all of it between the Heat and the, the Celtics? Yeah, there was a few moments where I... Uh, dozed off i was struggling to keep myself awake it's been a long seven game series i will admit and before i i trash this series that i just thought was <laughs> incredibly boring uh i will say this if you weren't a bucks fan i'm imagining that the bucks celtic series at times was a, a pretty tough watch as well so yeah i don't know i mean I, I don't know why or what the reason is or why it's why it's happened this way but it does feel like there's been some particularly brutal playoff uh basketball which is very unusual i'm usually locked in 100 percent it's been pretty bad, and I, I agree. The Bucks Celtics went seven games. It wasn't <laughs> a, a compelling series, really. I mean, it it had some uh, basically blowouts. I mean, the Celtics outplayed the Bucks. It's easy to see why with no Middleton, but it went seven games. It wasn't as good as going seven games would make it seem. And and that's been the issue with this playoffs. Is overall it's been bad. I wanted to stay engaged with the playoffs, but 
when you saw as soon as the Bucks were eliminated, and shortly before that too, looking at the Eastern Conference and saying, with no Chris, if we don't come out of this, the three teams left in the East are the Heat, the Sixers, and the Celtics. Maybe the three fan bases Bucks fans hate the most. You already knew, like, oh boy. And uh, that series too, I found myself watching parts of game seven. I had it on my iPad because it was double or nothing last night. So that was taking most of the attention, but um, man, it was just bad. And you were just like, just get this series over with already. And I didn't know quite frankly, who to root for on one hand, you wanted to see the Celtics lose because you were bitter on the other. You thought, well, we gave you something with no Chris Middleton. You beat Kevin Durant in the first round. You beat us as the champions in the second round do something with this and if they wouldn't have won that game seven that is one of the all-time choke jobs because they are better than the heat and especially better than the banged up version of the heat so on one hand i think you look at it and you say all right well at least we lost for something that the celtics are still playing for a title so go finish that off yeah and our old friend pj tucker only played 17 minutes he was pretty banged up by the end of that series uh no doubt about that so yeah, it would have been interesting to see how Miami would have moved on to the next series. I already spoke last week when we chatted. I don't really care. I mean, everyone saw at this point of the season, there's no doubt. But it does feel like the Warriors are in better shape uh, moving into this uh, next round now. And, and I, you know, it was one of the series that I, I think I've always enjoyed Bucks Warriors games over the years. And maybe because the Bucks a lot of the times have played pretty good basketball, played even well, yeah. even when the Bucks weren't that good. But it is a shame. It would be fun. To see, uh, maybe some fans will say, gee, I don't know if I want this three-point shooting team that's going to shoot a million threes against the Bucs. I don't know. But it would have been fun if we could have got Steph Giannis. So I'm not suggesting that Steph is slowing down. Uh, it seems like he's still playing a high level of basketball. You would believe that Clay Thompson would be better for having this sort of half season under his belt uh, next year. But yeah, with the local guys they have on the Warriors as well, I think it would be fun if we could somehow get that series down the line. Um, I, yeah, I mean, we never Super Bowl wise, we did get in the playoffs, but we've never had uh, Brady and uh, Rodgers in the Super Bowl. We've hmm. it's kind of like the Giannis and Steph thing. We did have Steph and, and LeBron, but um, yeah, I mean, we said time and time again too that this defense, the three point shooting, scares you, but this defense is constructed to playing against a team that has one non shooter on the floor, hmm. and that would be Draymond Green. So I think the Bucks would match up better. It's still not ideal, but I think they'd match up better um, with the Warriors. I think the Celtics are going to win. I think the Celtics are going to win in six. I thought they were going to take care of the Heat rather easily, but as we've seen with the Celtics and the parallels to the Bucks last year, they just refuse to make anything easy here in this postseason run. So we'll see how the finals goes. Interesting. I think the Warriors will win easily, so we might be uh, on the other side of the fence there. And uh, I, you just reminded me of something. We've also never seen Giannis and LeBron. And yeah. that's perhaps a little more interesting. I mean, obviously now he's he's out in the West, but he was in the East there for a while. And I guess there was some opportunities that the Bucks could have just got uh, swept early days in Giannis's career, but they didn't quite ever come across each other. Uh, and Giannis has always been someone that's elevated when playing against LeBron. So I think, again, it feels like we're probably running out of opportunities for... Uh, the, okay, let's just say out of all the combinations for next season, I don't think Bucks Lakers would be high on my list of of teams. I don't know. Be I mean, think about the storylines: Darvin Ham versus Bud, Giannis mm. versus LeBron. 
depends on what they can get for uh, for Russell Westbrook there. The other, and boy, this is really taking a, a U-turn and veered off to what we plan on discussing, but it's also just so fascinating that it seems like the givens for the Bucks are Celtics, Heat, or Raptors. You're going to face one, if not two, of those teams in the playoffs every single year. And the 76ers and Giannis and Joel Embiid is still the one thing that has avoided them that that those two teams and, and those two guys and Giannis and Embiid have yet to face each other in the postseason. That's why I think the Celtics are still the Bucks' biggest rivals. Uh, I agree. Because now they've played each other three times in the playoffs. Two of those series went to seven games. Uh, so, you know, three times they've played each other in a five-season stretch. I think it is three out of five years. Yeah. And obviously Toronto are in there a little bit as well with a, a couple of series the Bucks weren't able to get, get a win there. But yeah, it doesn't feel like the Celtics are going away. It doesn't feel like the Bucks are going away uh, either. So it wouldn't surprise you if those two teams... Uh, played each other again. Let's talk about what position, if the Bucks do use pick 24, uh, what position uh, they could potentially need. Uh, and if they do have a rookie on the floor, it'll be interesting next year when the NBA season rolls around and you want to use a daily fantasy option for the NBA that perhaps you haven't heard of, you should be using Price Picks because Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love it and uh, I know you will too. All you have to do is pick two to five players and then over and under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Price Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. And, and uh, yes, use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play there as well. So, uh, you know, maybe it is uh, points scored you want to use, or maybe it's rebounds, or maybe it's steals. Uh, there are a bunch of players in this next series, pretty even teams, a bunch of contributors on each team for the NBA Finals, whether it's the Warriors or Celtics. So check out prize picks and all the props there. And it's not just NBA. There's college college basketball, obviously, when, when that rolls around. Uh, same with college football, the NFL, MLB right now, if you're a Brewers fan and want to get involved. So for a limited time, we have an exclusive no-brainer of an offer for all our users. Users get 50 bucks free if a player in your first prize picks entry scores a single point but you must use the code NBA. That's right. This is an exclusive offer available to Locked On fans. Sign up today and use the code NBA for 50 bucks free. If a player in your first prize picks entry scores a single point, uh, that is prize picks daily fantasy made easy. Uh, check out the Locked On NBA Big Board podcast. And uh, I've said it before, but we are going to have uh, a few draft experts on this podcast that can certainly inform you far better than I can with all the prospects uh, that are coming through, which is the reason why uh, we haven't exactly gone into individual prospects just yet, because it would be a waste of time if I started talking them. But we do have a bunch of our listeners uh, that are talking about it in the YouTube comments, but check out the Locked On NBA Big Board podcast and they will have you covered. But if the Bucks are to take pick 24, uh, Justin, and I went through this on yesterday's podcast, uh, if you didn't listen to it, you can go back. I went through a bunch of different things, just, uh, just 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 some Giannis love, just some general Giannis love as well, which we like to do from time to time. But the last five first-round picks the Bucks have taken, Justin, Jabari Parker out of the league, Rashad Vaughn out of the league, Thon Maker out of the league, DJ Wilson out of the league, Dante DiVincenzo still in the league, but uh, no longer with the Bucks. So that's the last five that they've taken. They haven't taken a first-round pick since 2018, or they haven't had one. On, on their roster anyway, that uh, that's for sure. But they may do it this year. And as I mentioned on yesterday's podcast, the problem for the Bucks right now is because of all those failed first-round draft picks that they've had, 
they are in a position where if you're trying to contend, and yes, we understand the salary situations with this team, but in an ideal scenario, you would be drafting a player that could come in and contribute. But that's just really hard when you've got a veteran team that is is trying to compete for a top two, top three seed. There aren't a lot of developmental minutes out there unless guys can can really prove it straight away, which is which is going to be tough, particularly at that pick twenty four. Yeah, it's uh, it's especially hard for basically what every team, but it seems like Miami, Toronto, Denver, the teams that can really find value and, and get that, especially later in the draft. And that's been always kind of the thing we've joked about too. Is the Bucks have always been much better in in the second round. Certainly that was years ago where it was much, much better with Malcolm Brogdon, the centerpiece there, but they've done much better in the second round than they have in the first round. But it's a good point that I know I've talked about it before too. On the one hand, you you would look at the roster and say, sooner or later, you need a young guy that's going to contribute and that's going to be cheap. Um, So on that hand, you would kind of say, well, I kind of think they're going to look to to take a pick that they keep here at 24. But then the other part of that is what you just mentioned in that, well, they're going to do something. And, you know, if you, as we just said at the top of this show, if you watch the Eastern Conference Finals, it is very hard not to point to Chris Middleton and say, if he's healthy, we feel like we're playing for the, for the championship once again, and we get through Boston, and we get through Miami in the Conference Finals. So we need another guy that can step in and contribute now the way to do that, you would think, would be by uh, packaging that pick after the draft, but packaging that pick with, uh, I, I think, the obvious names that get kicked around are George Hill and Grayson Allen. But that's the other interesting part about this upcoming offseason is the Bucks have six guys that are rostered. I think the, the number is technically 11, but two of those are Luca Vildaza and Rajon Tucker. The other three... Pat Cottage and Bobby Portis and Thanasis all have early terminations that I would expect all of them to um, exercise there. So it's six guys that you have rostered. You're already into the tax and you're basically going to have to round this out with veterans minimum. So that's another thing to consider with that first round pick and what the Bucks do with that. And the, the other tricky part is, you know, we mentioned six. I don't know that I could give you a number right now. And, and say I'm confident they have this many players that are guaranteed to be on the roster opening day. I think it's basically four at this point is what you would say with Giannis, Drew, Chris, and Brooke Lopez. All right. So I said I'm not going to mention any names, but uh, just as as I do, you know, start some uh, let's say minor research. Uh, again, I'm too late in the game to be trying to act like I'm some sort of draft expert here. But one name stands out to me. We've spoken for a lot, uh, uh, quite a while, about the possibility and just the fan, the pure fantasy, really, of of Nikola Jokic playing with Giannis. What about Nikola Jovic <laughs> or Jovic? It maybe might be Jovic. It could be Jovic, <laughs> but Nikola Jovic. By the way, this guy's like six eleven, also from Serbia. He is only eighteen years old. Actually, about to turn nineteen. Apparently, he can pass a little bit. Uh, maybe, maybe this is the best way for the Bucks to uh, to pair Nicola and Giannis. So maybe that's the path they'll go down. But uh, would you say what position? Let, let's ask that question. Uh, given that there is obviously a lot of uncertainty, uh, but th- let's just go ahead and assume that Bobby returns, Pat returns. So you have you know the, the main core of yeah. your rotation there. Let's say Javon Carter returns as well. 
Grayson Allen and George Hill uh, are both there. So basically the full rotation, uh, where are you looking, keeping in mind the age profile of the team? I guess you do have to kind of look to the future a little bit, even though I've just said that in an ideal world, you've got someone that contributes straight away. But where are you looking? Yeah. Um, well, and by the way, Nikola Jovic seems like if 2K didn't have a licensing deal that's with the right, NBA, that's right. and that's who, who the Denver exactly. center would be. Um I mean, here's the, the the other tough part for the Bucks is the two areas that you would look at and say we really need help here are the two areas where 29 other teams are saying we really need help here. And I think really what you saw in the playoffs is what the Bucks need more of. When they're healthy, they have enough of it. You could still always use more, but you need more perimeter scoring and shot creators there. So whether that's a two guard, a small forward, whatever it is, you need perimeter scoring and you you just need more of the P.J. Tucker, Grant Williams mold of players. E.J. Liddell is who everybody has kind of clung to here in the draft, but it seems like his stock is rising in the comparisons. He's gotten to those two guys. He's probably going to jump up the draft board. So you need uh, either some perimeter scoring and a shot creator or somebody that is versatile enough to play in the front court and to basically defend three positions or at least two very effectively and one that you can fill in on in the front court spots there. So those are the two biggest needs. But again, that's basically what the rest of the league, maybe Boston is the only team looking around saying, we feel pretty good here, but the rest of the league is saying, yeah, we could use that too. Yeah, I think that's right. And I think the other point to to note for sure is just the size of of guards in the NBA uh, at the moment and the, and the way that they're coming through. And if, even if you look at the last few years and obviously Luke is massive and he's a guard and Ben Simmons is massive at playing at the guard spot and at you know Josh Giddy and LaMelo Ball these guys are all big so the days of you know drafting you know 6263 guard uh, of course it's still going to happen it's not it's not going to be completely wiped away from the league but it does tell you that as you point to versatility is more important than everything and and i would agree again we'll get into names over the next couple of weeks and we'll have someone that can tell us the guys that kind of fit these positions but you know i i would generally disagree with the idea and i've seen a little bit of it on bucks twitter just as i sort of read through how everyone's feeling moving forward if if the bucks do take a rookie i i would probably think that the chances of them drafting a bigger guy or a center seems pretty low again yeah, yeah most of, Frank always says it. Most of the time, you draft rookies; they're not very good in their rookie season. Well, but especially, especially with big guys, yeah. yeah, especially big guys. Even though you would be playing alongside Giannis, so even though you know there are a bunch of talented big guys that are around that range that might go, you know, anywhere in the fifteen to thirty uh, range. It, it always depends, I guess, based on what teams need. It, it would seem if the Bucks were to draft, if they really liked a guy and said, look, we think this could potentially be a big man for the future beyond Brook Lopez, then maybe they would go down that path. Uh, but they are certainly on a timeline as a franchise where they're in a tough spot because, again, they may be pushed into the the idea of drafting a more mature guy. And if you look at what they've done in the second round in previous years with uh, Malcolm Brogdon, who was an older player and could actually contribute straight away, and even Jordan Wara was an older player. Now, he hasn't played a lot of minutes, but he was older. Sam Merrill was an older player who they tried to give some minutes as a rookie. It didn't quite work out. So history tells you that, you know, to me, when I look at why they've drafted those guys, it's because they've been thinking, gee, we're in a bit of a hole here. We've missed on a bunch of first-round picks. Let's get someone that we think can potentially contribute straight away. 
because certainly moving forward, we're going to be pushed up against you know, luxury tax and all these different things. So, you know, pick 24 is a little bit earlier to be than those second round older players that they've taken in the past, but it wouldn't surprise me if they went down that route again just because of where they're at. Yeah, um, and again, like we like we said, I mean, it, it, one, it really depends on, on who is there and, and if you think it's somebody that, they can give us some help this year, but we really think this is going to be a big piece that we can develop for the years to come. But the tricky part is just the way that their future looks with the rest of the picks, the next couple of years, what through 2027 that they owe to the Pelicans or have pick swaps coming up. Um, This is the one year where you could do something and, and kind of blur the lines when you make the pick and then trade it afterwards. So uh, that's the value is is targeting a partner and, and saying, look, we have these contracts that we can combine to get close to $15 million. If you look at the obvious contracts, and then here's this first round pick that will add some money to the deal for any incoming player as well. But you get to make this pick that that's really the best assets they have. So if you're looking outside of veteran minimum guys and what they decide to do, if they do decide to use the taxpayer, uh, what mini mid-level exception, Uh, that's it. So they're in a pretty precarious spot here. And even, you know, the second round picks that they have, they've accumulated some here in the, uh, the trade that they made for, um, for Serge Ibaka. And it it seems like that's what they've done through the years is second round picks. But as we've said, they went from a team that I think did pretty well with their second round picks in, in around the early 2010s to mid 2010s to becoming a team that just utilizes that as kind of your war chest to trade for assets at the trade deadline. So it's not that the cupboard is bare because you have Giannis and and Chris and Drew, but in terms of future assets, you're reaching into the cupboard and saying, man, there's not a whole lot in here. All right. So I mentioned we were going to talk about John Horst, but uh, as usual, we just continue to ramble on. So we might push that one back to tomorrow. I've got another trade that I think that most people might be interested in, and that's uh, trading your uh, usual chain auto parts store for our friends over at rockauto.com uh, they've been sponsoring us for a long long time and you can save time and money when using rock auto and uh, why would you choose to spend 30 percent, 50 percent, even 100 percent more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership uh, when you can go straight to rock auto which is a family business and it's uh, served do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years the prices are reliably low for every customer whether you're a, a, an expert whether you're, uh, and by the way, it's supposed to be like storming right now and the sun's coming out and I can barely even see straight at the moment. But anyway, Rock Auto has everything you could need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpets. So go explore their easy to use website today to find out the solution for your auto parts needs. All you have to do is go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so they know we sent you? That's amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com so one thing that's interesting that you brought up justin which is this is moving ahead a few years here but the pelicans it will be fascinating to see you know how these pick swaps end up but i do think certainly over the last month there has been a little bit of a change into how i guess people view the pelicans with Brandon Ingram, and who knows what happens with Zion Williamson uh, in that situation there, but Herb Jones and CJ McCollum, they, they aren't a team that looks like they're willing to spend too much more time uh, in the lottery, let's let's say that. So it's going to be fascinating to see how this all plays out moving forward. When you do pick 
swaps so far in advance, uh, it's always can be a little bit dangerous, particularly when you consider at the time, I think the thing that most people were afraid of was the fact that Giannis hadn't signed that extension yet. So there was a potential for this to be absolutely disastrous. But once uh, he signed there, you figured that maybe it was going to work out for the better. But the Pelicans themselves look like a team that uh, is going to at least position themselves to be competitive moving forward. Yeah, so it's uh, 2024 and 26 are the pick swap years with the Pelicans. And then I think what everybody would point to right now is the two outrights that you owe them are 25 and 27. And of course, yeah, 27 as of right now is the first year without Giannis <laughs> under contract. So uh, you kind of knew what you were getting into. But again, it's it's a much easier pill to swallow when you win a championship. But it it, it is interesting that it's gone so quickly for new orleans to get back into the playoffs granted it's an eight seed but it looks like they have something promising there and and we've seen the western conference granted there were some key injuries this year but the western conference has looked i'm not going to say like the eastern conference in years past but you know that east the top of the east seems like it's the top and the midpoint are, are much more stable than what we've seen from the Western Conference. So who knows? New Orleans could be an eight seed for the next few years. They could be better than that with Zion Williamson on the floor. And, and you raise the point where you get to the point potentially in 24 and 26 where maybe New Orleans is already with a worse pick than the Bucks in terms of the pick swap. So that's uh, going to be interesting moving forward. But, uh, man, when you just look at what they have here, next year's first round, of the, they owe to Houston. 2024, they can swap with New Orleans, or New Orleans can swap with them. 25, New Orleans gets. 26 is another swap. 27, New Orleans gets. So when you look at the future, that's why I really don't know what to expect with the draft here in that, like we just went through the scenarios, it would make sense to package some of the contracts you have with this pick to try and bring in an asset. But we just went through the years. 23, 25, and 27 are all gone. 24 and 26 may end up being worse than what you imagined with the pick swap. So (laughs) Part of you thinks, you know what, we kind of got to get somebody here that can stick and, and and give us something to build on. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, the Bucks are now following the path that the Cavs have done in the past with LeBron James and all these teams that have contenders. That's why the, the one team that I did mention on yesterday's podcast was Golden State, who is just continuously being able to hit on draft picks. And that's how you can have an eight-year run where you're just you're continuously a contender when you continue to pick up these guys that can contribute uh, year after year after year, which the Bucks clearly have not been able to do uh, to, to this point anyway, which is which is why the Warriors, nine years after they started winning games, are still there in the finals and look like they're going to be a contender for a couple more uh, to come for sure. Also helps to get a, a, a high lottery pick back in exchange yeah. in a trade with the D'Angelo Russell deal. But yeah, I mean, the Warriors have certainly maximized their draft picks. When you look at the way that the Bucks were built versus the Warriors, uh, the Bucks built their team, but the Warriors, I mean, Clay Thompson was a draft pick that worked out. Steph Curry, a draft pick that worked out. Draymond Green, same thing. And you, you go on down the line, it'll be interesting to see what happens with guys like Kaminga and everybody else that they've had in the last, what, two and a half, two to three drafts that they've done. They have been one of those teams that has drafted guys and developed them. And I, as we said at the top, you look at the Raptors and not even draft wise, but just what the heat have done. And that's what stands out to you is teams like Miami and Toronto that can find these guys that are in the G league or undrafted or second round picks and just find something in their game that, 
they know this translates at the pro level. Let's cultivate this and develop this. And, and that's something the Bucks really got to pick up now, being in the financial spot that they're in. And just one last point on the Pelicans when we talk about that. I mean, this was kind of something I discussed with the guys with Locked On Lakers when it came to the Anthony Davis trade. I said, look, you know, people will always want to look at that and say, well, it was a mistake. It was this. It was whatever. The Lakers won a title. The Bucks won a title with, with Drew Holiday. Uh, and yes, everyone understood at the time. They looked at it and said, gee, they, that, is a, that is a lot of stuff there for a guy that is you know, top 20 player, top 25 player, uh, but not an out-and-out superstar. What I would actually argue, I mean, I know there was more players involved, but the package for Anthony Davis at the time, you thought that you were trading for a guy that was going to be a lock to be a top five player for the years. That wasn't really the case with Drew. It was just like, can we get something a little bit more than what we've been getting from Eric Bledsoe? So, you know, ultimately, we'll see how it pans out over the next four or five seasons, but uh, you already got the reward and then he signed the extension, which was obviously up in the air as well. Drew Holiday, that is. So eh, it's a tick. It's a tick for that trade. There's no doubt uh, about that. Uh, Make sure you check out the Locked On NBA podcast. I'm sure they'll be starting to get into NBA finals chat over the next couple of days. So if you want something... Uh, just to uh, chuck on after you're done with Locked On Bucks and listen to what people are saying about that series, then go check out the Locked On NBA podcast, uh, Justin. And we'll just uh, keep rolling here with the off-season content. We'll get get Frankie Boy back on here sometime soon. <laughs> yeah, we got a long off-season, and we were talking about that before we started recording. Oh, man, that's right. This is what a normal off-season is like. We still got Tough times. three to four more months of this. Which reminds me, we share this... Uh, stream service with a couple of the other fine podcasts on the uh, network, including Locked On Pistons. And shout out to uh, Ku Khalil, who, by the way, has already been in off-season mode for, uh, you could argue, actually, all season. So uh, hopefully he's doing well. But he's about to jump in and podcast here. I, I, I don't know. I may, maybe I need to have a conversation with him around uh, creating off-season content. But we better wrap it up there and let him in. We'll be back tomorrow and uh, through the rest of the week. I'm trying, I'm working on some some guests and also uh, the mailbag. Get those questions in and we'll start to roll through uh, those as well. But Justin, myself, we'll leave it there. We'll catch you guys tomorrow.